Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger. Accompanied this week, he's back. My co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee. Where's You're our right. applause button at? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it broke this week. Oh, Sorry, man. we're having that uh, repaired. The only show in America. Uh, was before I was rudely interrupted by uh, <laughs> I'm back. our new guest. Uh, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So we're going to get back into it again, folks. Vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history, current events from a biblical perspective. So we're on the Voice of Truth radio show Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3. Mark your calendars, your uh, whatever else you mark yeah, these days. Your, your iPhone, whatever. iPhone, yeah. yeah okay. It'll alert you. You can set alarms. It's Tell your wife. annoying. W- wives don't forget anything. So they, That's true. That is true. Especially this like is fact. a slight that fact you did 20 that. years ago. Email radio voice of truth at gmail.com. Podcast voice of truth with Mike Azinger. The strange voice you hear is uh, Reverend Brian Leversey. <laughs> and uh, Mark Dowler filled in last week. He's awesome. I, he did, I, I he love, does I love a great guy. job. And uh, we talked, um, what did we talk? Oh, you know what we talked about? Boy Scouts. Most of the show. How you know they were at 10 million uh, membership at one point, started in wow. 1910. Now they have a membership of 700,000, and just in the last five years, that has fallen by I don't know, two thirds. Wow, so it's awful what's happened. It's what happens when you want to go woke, and we'll talk about wokeness in the third segment. Second segment, we're going to hear the last part of your sermon from July 4, and uh, you kept texting me, uh. Come on, Mike. Can I put my can I put my sermon on the air? Can I put, it's all on. right, but, but actually, folks, it was my it was my idea. I heard the sermon July uh, four, and I thought, oh my goodness, it uh, it needs to go on. So we played the we played the first half on uh, uh, the week after July fourth, whatever day we met. Then then we played uh, a fourth of it last week, and we'll do the final part of it this week. You know, it's a long sermon when you can break it up over, you know, yeah. 12 radio Well, I shows. wanted to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> the deacons have asked me to. <laughs> this is a soft way of trying to. <laughs> what a great segue. Thank you for setting me up. But uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't fall asleep in that one. So you were, out of t- you were out of town last week. I didn't want to ask where you went, but I do know where you went now because you talked about it um, on Sunday at Fellowship Baptist. Folks that don't go there, um, uh, you've been, uh, they've been uh, waiting uh to hear where, where did you go? Where did we you wondering. go to Hershey, Pennsylvania? Did, did. did I hear you say? Yeah. Is it true that all the motel pools in Hershey have uh, are full of chocolate? Is that <laughs> is that a true? Ours was. Yours was. <laughs> After we melted it and put it in. There. <laughs> you, you took care of that, right? <laughs> all right. Well, it's good to have you back, and uh, folks at Fellowship are glad to have you back, and good to have you back on the show. Uh, but we want to do want to thank Mark Dallar. He did mm. uh, an outstanding job. Uh, I've known Mark, you know, since, what, 1992. I've known Tim, who's uh, the producer. He takes care of everything around here, technically-wise, right? Is yeah. Is that right? And so I've known Tim it. since he was three. Yeah. <laughs> Five, maybe ten. I don't know. He and his uh, cute little sister, but they're all grown up now, kids of their own. But 
I've known the Dowlers a long time. Uh, Mark uh, married way up. We don't know why his wife, Kathy, uh, <laughs> condescended to. I think she felt sorry for him. It's called Grace. Grace, there you go. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk uh, now. This I, we got a couple of great uh, redemption stories, the best mm. stories in the world, redemption stories. This segment, then we'll go into uh, your sermon from July fourth on the second segment. What's the title uh, of your sermon? Did you yeah, have an name for it? I, I did, and it comes right from the verse. That's the text passage: "Righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a re- reproach to any people." So. Uh, we really looked at the fate of a nation, is what the title of it You know, um, people say, is America in the Bible? Yeah, America is in the Bible. Righteousness uh, exalteth the nation. Yeah. Blessed is the nation whose God is, whose the, God Lord. is the Lord. Mm-hmm. So America is right there, along yep. with every other nation, That's right. is in the Bible. Uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of great stories that I ran into this week. One is on the Christianity boom in Iran. Everyone thinks, oh, Iran, they're all Muslim over there. They're evil. There, there is that, that upper crust of leadership in Iran. But uh, people are leaving Islam in Iran in droves. I remember hearing a uh, pastor several years ago, a guy named Joel Rosenberg, writes great books on the Middle East. One of them, his best known is probably uh, Epicenter. And um, Rosenberg, he used to work for Rush mm-hmm. uh, years ago, but he writes great stuff on the Middle East and uh, how Christianity is growing there. But I don't know if it was, if it was he that said this or somebody else, but in the, la- in the last 20 years, more more people have come to Christ in Iran than the previous thousand years. It's exciting. Is that amazing? Wow. So God works how he wants to work, and um, um, and he's doing... He's doing amazing things, not just in Iran, but in the Middle East. These, uh, I don't want to sound Pentecostal here, but but these Muslims in the Middle East are having dreams. Hmm. The Lord is visiting these people in dreams. Their hmm. dreams are all the same. Hmm. And these people are coming to God. Wow. Uh, Joe Rosenberg tells the story. He has a ministry there. I think it's got Joshua something, Joshua Fund or something like that. But he visits there, and he tells a story in one of his books where he um, uh, was meeting a, a uh, an evangelist over there. And the guy used to be um, a terrorist. Hmm. And the guy ran up and hugged Rosenberg, picked him up, big old guy, picked him up and said, Joe Rosenberg, I love you, but 10 years ago I would have killed you. Wow. <laughs> and uh, God has ch- is changing these men's hearts. The the state flower of Iran, they say, uh, 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 is the, the antenna that go up from the top of these roofs at nighttime. Hmm. And they listen to and these evangelists preach into wow. these different places in the Middle East, but specifically Iran's where I heard it. And and uh, the Lord is working amazing in amazing ways. So here's this story that I uh, found from Newsweek: Iran's a Christian boom. Hmm. Something religiously astonishingly astonishing is taking place in Iran, where an Islamist government has ruled a rule since 1979 so um, Christianity is flourishing the implications are po- uh, potentially profound so uh, some testimonials from a guy named uh, David Yanazer I think of Elam Ministries in uh, 2018 said that Iranians have become the most open people to the gospel 
The Christian Broadcast Network, CBN, found also in 2018 that Christianity is growing faster in the Islamic Republic of Iran than in any other country. Wow. How about that, Americans? That's amazing. Faster in Iran than any other country. I, I read its statistic, and I don't know how um, accurate it is today. I know it was several years ago, but uh, the Muslim faith at one point was one of the top fastest growing religions in America. I think just by sheer uh, reproduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they, right. They have so many babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the West well, there were babies. communities taking over, you know, pockets of cities, you know. Uh, the, the, in, uh, are you talking about in America? Or yeah, just, in America. Yeah. Well, uh, that could uh, that could very possibly be true just by sheer number. Mm. Americans don't reproduce. You know, uh, yeah. the West, uh, we don't have babies. It's, that's true in the yeah. East also. It's, it's almost a, a worldwide phenomenon except for Islam that, that uh, mm-hmm. nobody's reproducing. No one's having babies. The, uh, Europe is like that. And just by sheer numbers, mm-hmm. the Muslims have babies. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so, so uh, there's these giant pockets of Muslims in Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it's amazing places. that in Iran, Christianity is the fastest God, growing religion. Yeah. So, so there, there you have uh, this flip, you know, this hmm. paradox where Christianity is growing faster in a Muslim nation than in a Christian nation. So Islam is the fastest in, in Iran. This is from the article. Is Islam is the fastest shrinking religion. Wow. <laughs> How about that? Wow. That's like... Only God could do that. The fastest shrinking religion in Iran, article says, what if I told you the best evangelist for Jesus was the Ayatollah Khomeini? I bet. So Khomeini takes over the uh, Islam uh, during the Carter years. Carter had a lot to do with that. He fumbled that so badly. Um, an, evang- uh, an evangelical pastor, formerly an Iranian Muslim, concurred that Khomeini about Khomeini being the uh, the best evangelist. We find ourselves facing what is more than a conversion to the Christian faith. It is a mass exodus from Islam. Wow. Is that just amazing? You know, and I think that sometimes we in America, we think, boy, things are getting dark here, and boy, people just don't want to hear about the Lord or hear from Scripture. And this is just proof that God's never dead. He can always work in any culture. His Word is powerful, and His Word is always true. And while people can be deceived for a time, ultimately— uh, the Bible says that wisdom is 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 produced by her children and justified, and her, justified children. her children. Yeah. And so, you know, they that's played out there in Iran where, you know, the Ayatollah and this Muslim regime has brought this heartache and havoc on yeah. a culture. And now the culture's essentially spiritually revolting against that. And that's my prayer for America is that this you know, this secularism, this atheism, this wokeism that just seems to be pummeling us today. That, that people are eventually going to see that wisdom is, is justified by your children yes. and, and there's going to be a spiritual revolt once more. I like to call it a revival and, uh, and it'll just break loose. And that's what I pray for. That's what I, I hope mm-hmm. for. I'm never down in the mouth about these things because I know our God is great. He's still yes. on the throne. And this article proves it. Amen to that. That is a great point. Uh, a buddy of mine from uh, Bible college years ago, I used to have him on my, my show in Indiana. Uh, he was a he was a he in his family big family like you know 
15 kids or something. Um, he's fighting Islam himself single-handedly, but <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's uh, but he's he was a missionary to Germany, and in if we should have him on the air, uh, but he's he's in Turkey now. He actually called me out of the blue uh, six months or so ago, and I talked to him on Zoom in Turkey. But his story is is just amazing how he was a missionary to the American soldier in Germany. Hmm. He had no intent of reaching Muslims, but by a profound work of providence, that's what he ended up and started doing. Wow. He even wrote a book on how to, how to uh, win a Muslim to Christ. But he tells this story, and I reminded him of it. He told this story at church when he was talking, uh, preaching at church one night, and I reminded him about it on the air, and he had forgotten about it. But it, he, he tells this story about uh, these Muslims would start seeking him because word was out that this preacher uh, had the answer, and he was winning Muslims to Christ, a guy named uh, the, the missionary Mark Bachman. His dad's a pastor in Indiana. But um, so these Muslims— Get, oh, the word was getting around while he was in Germany being a missionary. Uh, these Muslims were hearing about it, and uh, and they were coming to him. and And he he counseled and was talking to one man in particular. And the man said, "I hate my religion." Hmm. And he got up and left because that's what religion is, yeah, isn't it? Right? There's so no true. relationship no. there. The uh, Muhammad is an evil man. He 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 controlling power. And he he uh, married his favorite wife, uh, a little gal named Aisha, when she was eight or nine, consummated the marriage like, a, you know, a year or two, three years later. Um, and it's, it's no wonder that, um, well, there's a thousand messes in, in Islam, but what a great story, what God's doing in Iran. Hmm. And it's just so exciting, so exciting, because like you said, we can get down on the mouth and, uh, uh, you know, upset about what's going on in America and Seems like seems like you know evil is advancing, and uh, but but it's not. It is, but God's still in control, and, right. he, and he's he's moving in the Middle East in in big ways mm. among the Muslim people. Yeah. So here's another story that I was telling you about uh, before we got on the air. I sent this to you uh, yesterday, the day before. But this is a story about here in Parkersburg, and uh, a man and his wife who are. Um, were former druggies, hmm. just like big time. Yeah, and I found this guy on Facebook. I started following him on on Facebook, and he has he and his wife have half a million followers each. Wow! On each one, that is like uh, in Parkersburg. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Half of what we have on our podcast, though. it's a third. I think <laughs> think <is> what, <laughs> have we heard from Rush Limbaugh's people? Can we, <laughs> I still think we're going to get that gig. I think so. Okay. Just let me – should we check with the secretary? All I can on, run up there right all now. On God's time. <laughs> we'll trust uh, Providence. All right. So this guy's name um, is Rich Walters, and I had the – the I had met him a number of years before and had forgotten about it. I got to meet him the other night, had a great conversation with him. Um, and I, I was at an event where some uh, people in town were there, and he was there, and uh, – uh, Lord, the Lord's given me a love in my heart for this man and mm. for his. I haven't met his wife yet, but for what they do. So, he put a, he put a post on his Facebook page that just brought me uh, to tears. Uh, um, and I, and I share it with you. I, I just mm. want to read this, and it won't take long. But 
this is uh, this is you know we, we we look outside, drive down the street, and we see the drug addicts walking down the street with the pack backpacks, and we all know who they are, what they are, what they're doing. Everybody knows, and a lot of these are out out of towners that are brought in town. Um, that uh, is an issue that that needs fixed. But there's but there's also a lot. These drug addicts are being reached for Christ by a lot of great ministries mm. in Wood County, yeah. and I'm sure surrounding counties are doing the same. But I know of Wood County and Rich Walters. I'm not even sure of his uh, ministry name, but this is what he. This is the post he put on his Facebook page. He and his wife were at the beach, uh, uh, and he's talking about this this uh, encounter he had with a, a, with a, a lot of other parents uh, or people. He said, uh, "This is the post. My name is Rich Walters, and this is my wife Shay. There's a picture of them both side by side. To onlookers, we seem like a normal couple on the beach with our kids, but the truth can be deceiving." Nothing about us is normal. We are two people who are in recovery from drugs and alcohol and two people who've absolutely turned a life of crime, chaos, and turmoil into a life of purpose, contentment, and service to our fellow man. As I sit on the beach talking to the moms and dads around me, it dawned on me, these people have no clue who I am or what I was capable of in my past. This dad I'm sitting here talking to has no clue that 10 years ago, if we crossed paths, I'd have a throwaway pistol, a knife, a pile of dirty cash, and a few ounces of dope in my pocket, and I wouldn't have been talking to him with good intentions. I'd be looking for an angle to take everything he owns. Mm. The mom who's talking to Shay, that's his wife, has no clue that she could, uh, that's Rich Walter's wife, the mom who's talking to Shay has no clue that she could easily swipe her wallet out of her purse mid-sentence and move on with her day, leaving that family broke, confused, and angry. They have no clue that we'd spend hours, even days, bagging up dope to be distributed all across our state. They have no clue we were both some of the most wanted criminals in our valley. Hmm. They have no clue because that's not who we are anymore. It's who we were it's who we used to be, but God. Hmm. God has a habit of recruiting from the pit and taking two low-bottom, violent, drug-addicted criminals and turning them into disciples. God has a habit of equipping, of equipping the worst society has to offer and using them to win souls. God has literally done the miraculous in our lives, we are walking, talking miracles. We would give the shirts off our back to help someone today. We would never purposely harm anyone today. The only time we would lay hands on anyone is if we were to pray for them or help them up. God literally changed us to the point we were no longer recognizable in our old ways. Amen. And then he quotes, uh, and then he says, he's just that good, y'all. Ezekiel 36.26 is the verse he finishes with, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Hmm. Is that just wonderful? That's and this is a big old burly guy, and I uh, I know a little bit of his, uh, of his history now after talking to him. 
And we're doing lunch in a couple of weeks, and I'd like you to meet him sometime. That'd be great, too, preacher. But uh, um, <laughs> we had—I told you earlier—we had we had uh, had a conversation this this uh, Mr. Walters and I, Rich Walters, and I'd forgotten about it a number of years ago at some event, and uh, he and I had had some kind of a minor disagreement, and an, we had an argument, not not major, just a little. Right. And I'd forgotten about it, <laughs> and uh, so we were talking, and it, just as we were talking. At this event where I, I saw him, I said, hey, have I met you? And he said, yeah. I said, did we get in an argument? And uh, he said, yeah, but you know what? We, we hugged each other and we we text later. I said, I love you, brother. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love what you're doing. I love your posts. I love your wife. His wife has a post equally as powerful mm-hmm. about how when she was on drugs, she had a six-year-old boy who didn't really even know who, her, know her his mom until mm-hmm. until she went to jail. She got saved, and she became wow. um, a servant for God. It's good to hear that testimony. I mean, we, we actually had that happen to us on our vacation. We had our van broken into. My wife had uh, a bag that was in the front seat, and uh, you could tell it was probably somebody who came off the street and saw an opportunity. And, uh, just this last vacation? Yeah, just in oh, my vacation. And, Are you kidding? And took the bag. And so my wife spent all day at the DMV yesterday getting her license back. Oh, and of course, we had to cancel goodness. our debit cards. and. There was a good amount of cash in there they took and a bunch of gift cards they took. And at the moment when that happens, you don't think of it. You're angry. You're frustrated. Yes. Just like they described, you know, hey, yes. how can this person? And, and and there's not a lot of grace in your heart no. for <laughs> the situation. Right. So, you know, sometimes God brings brings those things full circle where you realize, hey, you know what? Maybe instead of being angry about the situation, I know Jesus. I, I've got a home in heaven. I, and I know it's easy to get on the radio and talk about spiritual things. It's not how I felt. I'll just be honest with yes. you. Not how I felt at all in the moment. In For fact, sure. my kids could give some testimony about how I felt. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I'm glad that God can work even in the most dire circumstances to take a situation like that and turn it over. That's what I pray. I pray that whoever did that, you know, they would they would have the same situation happen in their life that these dear these dear folks had in their life. He uh, can transform your life. He, he can. I mean, th- this gentleman, Rich Walters, uh, Lord, what what a great story! But he he basically and the, the, his humility, his, uh, humility and transparency is one of the parts that makes his his testimony so wonderful. He looks he he just basically said in that book, but in that post, look, I was uh, one of the 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 biggest worst uh, outlawed drug dealers in the valley here, and these are <laughs> the and I I talked to him the other night. You, <coughs> I said you were born and raised in one county. He he gave me his whole family history. I know part of uh, I know part of it, hmm. and. Uh, so, and what God did in his heart, and he he said, "Look, I could be talking to somebody, uh, however many years ago, and and I had no, uh, I had bad intentions in my heart. Yeah. I might have a gun on me, and I might have dope on me or a knife, and I was angling to get this man's money or whatever else, and his wife, the same way, you know, they would uh, they were thieves, and uh, uh, what a great work God did mm-hmm. in their hearts, and and we're we're all." Sinners, that's right. right. We all need Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, so that's it for this segment. Praise God. I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. Those are great stories, Amen. you know. So we're going to go uh, next segment. Pastor Leversey's sermon from uh, the last 15 minutes of his sermon from July 4. I promise you'll you'll just really enjoy this. He just clarifies in an unabashed, bold way that uh, is is just going out of style, unfortunately, in America, and he, Pastor Leversey nails it. And I said, let's put this 
Uh, let's put this sermon on the radio. So we'll finish up with that in the next segment. We'll get into some uh, critical race theory uh, updates in the third segment, and then we'll do our etiquette sermon to, uh, segment to finish up. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with Mike Azinger, Brian Leversey, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. Don't go away. Notice with me as we go back to Genesis chapter number 1 and verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And notice this. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. And notice this, created he him Male and female created he them. That's what he created. He created male and he created female. And he created male and female both in the image of God. If you are a biological man this morning, God created you in his image to be a man. If you are a biological female this morning, isn't it weird that we even have to preface it with biological? If you are a biological female this morning, God created you a female on purpose For a reason, and he wants his image that he stamped on you to shine through. He wants his creation to be glorified. And make no mistake about it, the lie of the devil today is to rob mankind from the image of God. He wants to eradicate. He wants to erase his stamp on you being his created prize and treasure. He wants you to doubt and to distrust. He wants you to be confused and not know the joys of what it means to be a man or to be a woman. But that's what God created. He created in his image two sexes, not multiple genders. There are only two sexes. There are only two sexes. There are only two sexes. And it is male and female. That's what God created. That's what God ordained. And you're either one or the other. And if you're confused, how many of you are glad God can help? And he makes it clear. The world doesn't make it clear. You know how the world makes it clear? By coming up with 50 billion other types of genders. Well, what are we then? You know, if somebody came into my office and they were on all fours and they were barking like a dog and they're saying, Pastor, I'm struggling with something here. I'm not going to feed them dog food and put a collar on them and say, you're fine. And it's the same way. Hey, A man can no more be a girl than a man can be a dog. And a girl can no more be a man than a girl can be a dog. And when the world brings that confusion and when the satanic... Listen to me. This is spiritual. This has nothing to do with Republican and Democrat. This has nothing to do with platforms and presidents. This has everything to do with the wickedness of the ruler of this world, Satan, blinding the minds of those so they won't believe. And someone needs to shine the light of truth from the pulpits of America today again. And America needs to repent of its sin before God. It's blatant. It's obvious. God created two sexes. It is male and female. And he created us in the image of God. Now listen. I know when I get excited, it might sound like I'm angry. I'm not. I'm preaching. Let me explain to you something because I think churches need to hear this. 
Preaching is a calling and declaration from Scripture. It is a trumpet. That's what preaching is. I'm sounding a trumpet, and it must be clear. How many of you know we need clarity in our world today? I can't beat around the bush with this stuff. People are dying and going to hell today, and they're having their image robbed, and they are without Christ, and they're blinded in their sin. And if we don't have trumpets that are trumpeting out the truth of God's word, then why are we here as a church? And so if you hear me get loud, it's just my trumpet. It's just so people can know the direction. And listen, I'm not making this stuff up. You're reading along with me. How many of you know we need to go over these verses again? We need to get right with truth from Scripture again. We need to understand the clarity of God's Word again concerning what He says about our lives and His creation and His love for us and His callings for us. We all give me a little bit more time. I know we're over time today. How many of you understand the kids were cute? Just remember that, okay? <laughs> the kids were cute. I'm still preaching, though. Would you give me some? We don't have church tonight. Will you let me preach a little bit longer? Will you let me preach the Word of God? Just let me preach a little bit longer to you, okay? God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Notice what 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9 says about this issue of the sanctity of image. 1 Corinthians 6 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And notice the words here. We've talked about some of them already. Be not deceived, neither fornicators. We dealt with that. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers. We've dealt with that. And notice this, nor effeminate. What is effeminate? That is when a man purposefully changes his walk, his presence, changes his voice, changes his demeanor to become feminine in nature. I'm not talking, listen, I'm not talking about the fact that, that boy, to be a man, you got to be macho and you got to have a strut, you know. You're not a man if you don't walk like this, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. And how many of you know that you can be just as sinful and prideful as anything else trying to be a showboat of some machismo kind of situation? That's not what it means when it's calling out effeminacy as a sin here. What it means is when we have a culture, and you see it, you know what I'm talking about, when we have a culture of men who are prissifying themselves on purpose with mannerisms, with voice inflection, with the way that they walk, trying to portray that they are something other than God created them to be, and the Bible calls it out as something that's sinful. And let me just challenge you, fathers and mothers, you raise men, you raise young men, not boneheaded punks that are full on themselves in pride and rocking around with a strut, but you raise men of integrity, men who know how to carry themselves, men who know how to handle a gun, well, never mind, uh, men, <laughs> men who can stand up, listen to me, men who can stand up in their homes and declare the truth. As a man, as a leader in their home, in their community, in their churches. It says not to be effeminate. Notice, in fact, the instruction in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, gird up, be ready, take a stand, be strong. How many of you know we need men of God to take a stand for something today? We need men of God to come up to the challenge and lead their homes and lead their families, lead their children, lead their communities. Notice Deuteronomy 22 and verse number 5. We're talking about the sanctity of image. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, 
Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now I know that many people have taken this verse way out of context and use it in abusive ways toward people. The context of this passage means that you ought never as a man purposefully try to look like a woman. This speaks directly to the transgender movement today. As you see females that are purposefully going out of their way to try to look masculine and to take on, hey, listen, if there's no gender and there's no difference and there's no any of that, then why are women trying to look like men and women, men trying to look like women? Why isn't there just some neuter look? And why don't we all look like that? Like just with bangs right here and... And listen, I'm, I'm, really not, I'm really not trying to poke or make light. I'm just saying it's hard not to sound ridiculous when you're dealing with the ridiculous. It's hard not to uncover truth with such a blatant lie there and not have it look extreme. This looks extreme to our world today. They think, boy, that crazy guy up there in a light blue suit and a patriotic tie, who's this nutcake up there talking about this stuff? Well, this is, this is just truth we're not accustomed to hearing today. And, and men ought not purposefully adorn themselves with the attire of women, and women ought not purposefully adorn themselves with the attire of men. We should look distinctly male, we should look distinctly female, and we should honor our God who gave us his image. I want to talk about the sanctity of life. It's another area where sin is a reproach to any nation. Genesis 2, verse number 7, tells us how God values particularly the life that he breathed into the human race. Notice with me, Genesis 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. How many of you think God valued the life he created? He breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. We were stamped with his image. Notice in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14, where life begins and how life is valued by God. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's what? In my mother's what? Say it loud. In my mother's what? Life does not begin after birth. It begins at conception. This is the word of God. It's the word of God. And we're being duped and we're being brainwashed. And we hear this from this talking head and this from this talking head and this from this expert and this from this doctor. (laughs) Anybody can look at one of those ultrasound screens. And see that God is forming a life in that mother's womb. I love how God, through the psalmist, talks about it. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, 
which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. Each of those little members. You see when you are demonstrated what an abortion looks like, how through that sonogram you can watch the instrumentation go up into that room and each of those little members that God is fashioning being plucked from that little body and torn as that little, little infant child writhes in agony. Pastor, stop talking about this. I won't stop talking about it because we've grown cold and we've grown callous and we're not speaking about it anymore and we need to get back to the Word of God because God values life in the womb. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God values life. We ought to value life. Lastly, you're like, thank God. <laughs> if you're a guest with us today, <laughs> we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here with us. I, we don't usually preach this long, okay? But it's the 4th of July. We don't have church tonight. I got one more point. We're done. And my wife's teaching all your kids downstairs, so she's the one that's giving me an earful when we're done today anyway, <laughs> The sanctity of culture. I'll just read these verses. I won't spend time in them. Romans 1, 28 through 29, we see when a culture no longer values righteousness, sin is a reproach. Notice what happens. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, our founding fathers retained God in their knowledge. Our documents were written with God retained in their knowledge. Our country was formed with God being retained in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, things we've talked about, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. See if this doesn't describe our culture today. Maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And that's what a culture looks like when it walks away from the righteousness of God. But I'm so glad, and I know this was given to the nation of Israel, and I know it's a promise for the nation of Israel but I believe it can be carried over to the people of God. Not necessarily the United States of America, but I believe this, if Christians would get their heart right and repent of some of these things we're talking about today, that God could once again bring revival through his people even in this nation. How many of you believe that this morning? I do. So I'm comforted by this verse of scripture. You know it well. Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. How many of you believe that America needs some healing today? But it will only happen through the grace of God and through the repentance of our sin.
Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with Pastor Brian Leversey. You just heard the last segment of uh, that we that we played here on uh, the Voice of Truth Radio Show from Pastor Leversey from July 4th. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Pat, how, how can you get your sermons? Um, if, if folks, you know, a lot of folks listen who don't go to Fellowship Baptist sure. so, Pastor. So they're they're recorded online on our Facebook page at uh, Vienna. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Fellowship Baptist Church of Vienna, West Virginia. Um, you can go on our website at takemehome.church and download our app and all of our sermons on our app. You can go to YouTube, and you can also um, search Fellowship Baptist Church of Vienna, West Virginia, and all the sermons are there on YouTube as well. There you go. You can also, pod, our podcasts are at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. Uh, we have all our shows on there, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, do you remember the date of our first show? Oh, man, I think it's about a year ago. Well, I'm, was it that long? Have we been doing it? Because we had I was a pause, it's fall time. Maybe it was fall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> have we even started? Have we? we have a show? <laughs> Do, uh, I'll tell you what. When we start talking about time, I, I, anymore, it's like things are just flying. Like, Yeah, man. Oh, man. Time's going fast. I know what my, my grandma and grandpa and my my mom and dad talk about now when they when they talk say, hey, yo, oh time's going to fly goodness. when you – Yes. It's just going. So you got kids ranging in age from – 18 to 4. <laughs> four of them, four kids in, in total, and it's – yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like how you about threw up there after I said yeah, well, that. <laughs> well, you had your four-year-old. How, how old were you all when you – So I was – so I was 39, 40. Were you? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I, we were 44 when we had our last one. Really? Yes. Abraham, I'm not alone. Abraham, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be. Uh, uh, you pull your wheelchair right, right up to m- next to mine at graduation there ceremony. You go. <laughs> yeah, we think. Uh, what are we thinking? I'll roll you down the aisle. Honey. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, if you love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude better than the animating contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not your counsels of arms, couch. Uh, crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chains set lightly upon you, and may posterity forget that ye were our countrymen. Sam Adams, father wow. of the American Revolution. He knew how to drop a mic. Yeah, didn't he? so uh, that was uh, that would melt a lot of so- snowflakes. It it about <laughs> melted me. I thought, whoa, could you just back up a little bit? So there, uh, there's a challenge. That was John, John Adams cousin sam adams that's why he was called <laughs> you can you it gives you a, a a little bit of a insight into his his character he said look if if, if you uh, if you want to live in slavery get away from me yeah you know go lick the boot of the of the brits and that's the kind of attitude that we need to have in america again uh um, you know the the Declaration. Read it. Read the Declaration of Independence sometime, and and see what it was that uh, they declared independence about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we did. Uh, they'd have done it a long time ago. Uh, you know, we we put up uh, with way more yep. than we should. And this critical race theory stuff is coming on strong, um, but there's a there's a lot of pushback. A lot of pushback. There's books coming out. Mark Levin's book. Pre-orders of uh, two hundred sixty thousand, which is uh, for nonfiction, a phenomenal mm-hmm. amount, and he's probably up to around three hundred thousand. I'm thinking it could be a million that he sells, which would be a, a, a tour de force. 
but it's called American Marxism. And Levin won't won't bring a biblical perspective per se, but he will great analysis history uh, of critical race theory and what it's doing and so mm-hmm. on. So uh, we were talking before the show, I was telling you about Ann Calder. She's got this article out. She's been in the doghouse in the political wilderness for a number of years now. She deserved it, in my opinion. Um, I love her, but she needed to be uh, upbraided a little bit. But she's a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. And when she goes after something, she goes after it. So her article that came out July 14, Critical Race Theory is a Complex... Oh, who are we kidding? Uh, (laughs) One of the unintended consequences of teachers using COVID to refuse to do their jobs in 2020. Let me do a caveat there. There's a lot of teachers (laughs) that... uh, that hate CRT, okay, yeah. so uh, is that their students suddenly had to take classes re- remotely. Now listen to this. Within earshot of dad, mm-hmm. a mother at a fancy New York City private school told me that the wokeness curriculum was nothing new, but mothers never made a fuss about it. Then the fathers overheard their kids' remote classes and all Heck broke loose. <laughs> she didn't say heck. <laughs> the dad started listening. All right? The dad started hearing it. Now that the teacher's anti-white agenda has been exposed, thank you, fathers of America, the left is spinning a series of increasingly hilarious defenses of critical race theory, which is just a more boring version of the left's usual hatred of Western civilization. There's uh, an, another leftist was uh, just boasted on um, on the internet about getting rid of uh, Ulysses, uh, I think at another universe. Western Civ is gone. Mm-hmm. The great the great books of the West are, are gone. They, mm-hmm. they don't teach them anymore. Yeah. And um, uh, it's it's it, the Western Civ is is a carcass now. And the Bible uh, there, there's a book by. Uh, uh, Vishal Malshawadi, Mal- I forget how he says his name, but it's on. He's an Indian guy. He's from India, and he he basically he's a he's a friend of Stephen McDowell's. Hmm. Um, but he wrote a great book. I didn't know they were friends um, until I told Stephen I was reading the book. He said, "Yeah, we're buds." Uh, but Malshawadi, Mal- I forget how he says his name, but he he uh, uh, he he basically says that he gives great evidence in history of why the West. Western civilization was, without a doubt, built on the Bible. Hmm. There would be no Western civilization without the Bible. Yeah. It started with the with the Reformation and Martin Luther, and uh, how how uh, uh, the the gospel swept Europe in the 16th century, and that that just progressed to to uh, the the pilgrims coming to America and uh, the men that came to Jamestown, and and uh, uh, so. Western civilization is is uh, much hated by the left. So, culture continues. Their current position is that they simply can't discuss CRT with you because it's too complex and can only be understood by high-level graduate students after years of study. She's mocking the left here. <laughs> so she quotes Paul Bagalia, oh yeah, and Anderson Cooper, and Ibram Kendi. Remember the name Ibram Kendi. He's one of the main dudes of critical race mm-hmm. theory. So he's quoting them about how, oh golly, you can't understand it unless you're just brilliant. So then um, 
Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, so then uh, Calder says, I'm not a legal scholar, so I wasn't trained in race theory. This is uh, Ibram Kendi. And uh, critical race theory is taught in law schools, and I didn't go to law school, so it's just way above my head. And uh, Calder says, I'll cut it out. The theory is this. Everything is based on racism. Yeah. It's all based on racism, and it's based on, look, look th- th- this is always touchy, but it's based on the oppressor-oppressed Marxist paradigm, and the oppressors are the white Christian males mostly, and everyone else is the oppressed. I don't want to be oppressed. I want to be the oppressed, Pastor, because then I'm a victim, right. then I'm sinless, then I don't need salvation, and the oppressed, uh, the oppressors, uh, can never wash their sins away. Mm-hmm. They can never be forgiven. It's uh, and, and you've talked about this much on the show about how it's it's uh, uh, just at its core anti-biblical. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this whole facade is nothing new either of only the elite can understand this. This is a form of Gnosticism, honestly. And even, you know, secular entities within the church have used it to allow, you know, forms of Christianity to oppress people and to keep them. It's it's nothing new critical race theory is using here. And uh, whenever there's secret knowledge and only certain elite people can understand it, you got to run from that stuff because our founding fathers believed that the average man could understand their freedoms because of the Word of God, because we have been endowed by our Creator with rights that have been indelibly stamped upon our conscience. And so it doesn't matter what education you have. It doesn't matter what degrees you have. God has created us in His image, and we know right from wrong. We know um, how we can reason these things out, and uh, and this is just a big facade when they say uh, only the elite can understand this. Well, that's exactly who's going to govern us then. It's going to be those people <laughs> who are right. the elite. That's a great point. Um, and and the the elite understand it. And it, if, if you notice, the terms are just silly, uh, just ridiculous terms like intersectionality. <laughs> okay, where does that come from? What moron came up with that? And intersectionality only me all that means is that all the layers of of wokeness that you have like uh, you and I are really bad where white that's one layer, mm-hmm. male that's another layer, layer Christian that's we have another a lot layer. of intersectionality going on. We do. <laughs> what do we do? There's nothing we can do about it, which is the problem. There's a self-righteousness that well, just we can is, renounce who we are. And that's what they want you to do. Yes, but they won't forgive you for that. But they that, won't though. forgive you, but they won't kill you <laughs> right away. Eventually they will. <laughs> because like any any other ungodly revolution, they always end up eating themselves. Yeah. If you look at the French Revolution, the the guys that built the guillotines eventually were put uh, under the, the blade yeah. of the guillotine. guillotine. Yeah. So uh, and and uh, critical race theory, as we've said before, it's it is spreading to all of these different entities, the military is going woke. Mm. And my boy's about to go in the military, and this concerns me greatly. Sure. Um, and, and anyone else's whose kids are in there or on their way. But uh, the FBI, Here's uh, this is from Christopher Rufo, and I'm going to go real quick. We're about out of time for this segment. But he wrote a uh, he gave a speech at Hillsdale, and they print these in a, a, a publication called Imprimus. Mm-hmm. Everyone should get Imprimus. I've gotten this uh, for 20 years. There's uh, uh, Hillsdale College. So um, Christopher Rufo said the FBI was holding workshops on intersectional uh, theory, and uh, the Department of Homeland Security was telling white employees they were committing micro-inequities, 
and had been socialized into oppressor roles. The Treasury Department, listen folks, these are these departments that they're, they're going in and brainwashing these people. The Treasury Department held a tra- training session telling staff members that, quote, virtually all white people contribute to racism, end quote. And that they must convert everyone in the federal government to the ideology of wokeness. Um, Sandia National Laboratories, they're the place where uh, uh, they uh, designed America's nuclear arsenal. They sent white male executives to a three-day re-education camp. Hmm. When they came back, uh, well, at at this re-education camp, they were told that white male culture was analogous to the KKK, white supremacists, uh, supremacists, and mass killings. The executives were then forced to renounce their quote-unquote white male privilege and write letters of apology to fictitious women and people of color. And on and on it goes. And then it talks about um, these different cities in, these, in, uh, in the education where, let's see, first graders were forced to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities and rank themselves according to their power and privilege. This, is, this was first graders. In California, same thing happened in Philadelphia, and on and on. And uh, so this is this is spreading, but people are standing up yeah. uh, to it, and God's people need attention. To do it. Yeah, you know, like the dads who are hearing. You know, that was the thing with this remote school deal is uh, there were things put on YouTube. I watched a few clips of it where the teachers were getting mad and saying, hey, parents, you can't be in the room while your kid's doing the study. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? How can you tell your parents that they can't be in the room with their kids while they're learning their... That, that's just, but it just shows the insidious nature of, yeah. of what the tactic is. What are you there. hiding? Exactly. Yeah. We're out of time, folks. We're going to do uh, the etiquette segment coming up about uh, rules for boys. You'll, you'll like this. We're on number 11. This is Voice of Truth Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. This is State Senator Mike Azinger with Pastor Brian Leversey, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. Good to have Pastor Leversey back with us. We don't know where he was. We uh, suspect uh, you're in the CIA. Are you CIA? Uh, A branch of it. A branch. (laughs) (laughs) A branch of it. All right, we'll look into that then. I'm supposed to report back to the deacon board about where you... (laughs) If you are in the CIA or not, I'm thinking no. All right, so we— uh, I could kill you with this finger. Yes, right uh, don't kill me. I'd like to do uh, <laughs> a couple more shows before I'm gone. <laughs> we did uh, Rules to Teach Your Son. I had Mark Dowler in here last week, and um, this is the new segment, Rules to Teach Your Son. So boys, uh, boys are getting creamed in the culture. Men are getting creamed, but boys especially, and uh, boys need— Dads, yeah, and need to be taught by men and mentored by men. So this is uh, this. Uh, let me give you the ones from last week. Don't let a wish. Uh, don't let a wishbone grow where your backbone should be. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, nope. Sorry, that's this week. Last week. When entrusted with a secret, keep it. Hold your heroes to a higher standard. Return a borrowed car with a full tank of gas. Play with passion or don't play at all. When shaking hands, grip firmly and look them in the eye. Good stuff. All those are good, huh? Good stuff. I think that I uh, pontificated on number eight, return a borrowed car with a full tank of gas. Hey. Some uh, 
I dug up some bones from uh, when I got ripped off. My dad had me uh, wash the, get the car washed and fill the tank with gas if I borrowed somebody's yes, car. Yes, all the time. Yep. That's great. Your dad was yep. a good man. My dad said, if, whenever uh, dad would go on a trip with anybody who drove, the guy that drives shouldn't have to pay for gas right. at all. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. Yep. All right, number 11, don't let a wishbone grow where a backbone should be. Boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? it I does. like that. Wishbone sounds good. That reminds me of chicken. <laughs> I'm hungry now. It's lunchtime. <laughs> lunchtime. Number 12, if you need music on the beach, you're missing the point. Yeah, that's a good point. Number 13, carry two handkerchiefs. The one in your back pocket is for you. The one in your breast pocket is for her. That's Nobody knows what that is. Nobody knows what a handkerchief is right. anymore. No. My dad used one. I've gotten them as gifts before. I kind of think they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> they are. I like the. Who I just want to grab a clean Kleenex and throw. I don't want my wife having to. Poor, poor <laughs> wives for how many years have been having to. My wife wash. would be like, "Hey, don't put one in the coat pocket for me." Either, yes. You know? Here's here's handkerchiefs for Christmas. They're all throwaways. Get it? Throw them away when you're done. They're, they are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gross. But pass somebody if they're crying. Pass them a box of Kleenex. I do that like when I'm counseling people. You know, I always have yeah. a box of Kleenex ready to go, and I can hand it to somebody if I make them cry. What are you telling these people? <laughs> what Don't you? come to me for counseling. Ah, <laughs> right. sure. oh, number 14, you marry the girl, you marry her family. That's in the that's a verse. I think is that in the Bible somewhere? Second Proverbs. Yes. Five. Three. <laughs> Number fifteen, be like a duck, remain calm on the surface and paddle like crazy underneath. All right. So those are rules to teach your son and uh that's the first fifteen. I gotta come up with uh, another list here. We have uh see we're mowing 15. through these. Yeah, we are like a wow madman. Thirty two in all, so we got a couple more weeks and uh we'll find some more, but I had an idea I'm going to share with you afterward on Proverbs um, about the show. But we're done for the day. Well, We're out of here. They're going to have to wait. Out of time. Have to wait. Thanks for listening, folks. We appreciate it very much. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, Mike Azinger, Pastor Leversey, right here in the chair beside me. We'll be back, Lord willing, next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great day. <laughs>